The University of Melbourne's Medical History Museum has a new special exhibition which is all about celebrating the women's hospital in Melbourne and women's contribution to the medical field. The Women's Carers, Advocates and Reformers exhibition features an amazing collection of hospital artefacts, medical and scientific equipment, photographs and displays dating as far back as the 1850s. And with me to talk about the exhibition and the history behind it is the curator, Dr. Jacqueline Healy from the Medical History Museum. Dr. Healy, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So if you don't mind, give us a little history into the formation of women's hospitals in general. Um, were they common at the time that the, the women's in Melbourne came about? I think what's really interesting, it's a really good question, is that the women's hospital here was formed uh, in partnership between a committee that was run by the wife of the Anglican, first Anglican Bishop of Melbourne and two uh, newly arrived doctors in Melbourne. And what's interesting about uh, those two doctors, Richard Tracy and John Maund, is that they uh, had experience of the uh, Dublin lying in hospital. Mm. So, in fact, that was the model for uh, what was created uh, in Melbourne. So it was happening um, elsewhere, and what was particularly interesting is that the uh, Women's Committee, uh, led by Frances Perry, uh, were not keen for uh, unmarried uh, mothers uh, to be admitted, uh, single pregnant women. Uh, and it was those two doctors, based on their experience overseas, that insisted that the uh, Melbourne Lie in hospitals was available to all women in need of help. This might sound and that was oh, sorry. in direct relationship to their um, experience in Dublin. And this might sound like a bit of a silly question, considering people have been given birth and people have been around for millennia. But you know, what was known or what was women's health like at that point before we we started to have these specific hospitals? Was much known. Well, there were practices uh, that had been around for a very long time and it was, in fact, the uh, problem of people being uh, destitute. So it was a, a, a charity hospital set up for destitute women and what was happening in Melbourne, you just had a, a major influx of um, population in relation to uh, the gold um, rush, and you uh, it was overwhelmed by these people living in very uh, difficult conditions. So uh, what had been the tradition would be um, of home birth, and there would have been practices in the places where these people had come from that it would have connected them to um, midwives in the traditional sense, but also to the care of their families, but that was not necessarily in place in that early formation of Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Because we're looking here at that hospital, uh, the Women's Hospital, being formed in uh, 1856. Melbourne came into existence as a settlement in 1835. So it's very early on in the history um, of Melbourne, but it's also... Uh, just to put this in the context of what was happening in medicine here, uh, Melbourne Medical School uh, was formed in uh, 1862. 
So it was before you had a medical medical training uh, here in Melbourne. So how, how involved were women, if at all, in the formation of this hospital? Um, in Women's committee, uh, and the chair of that uh, was Frances Perry, uh, who was the wife of the Anglican bishop. So there was a group of women who had an ongoing role in on the board of the hospital, uh, and you had those two uh, doctors, Tracy and Maund. So the women were there, and they were giving their views on things from the very beginning. And so you were saying there wasn't even a medical school in Melbourne. What was the professionalism like um, for you know midwives and nurses? Well, the first uh, training of uh, nurses and midwifery uh, happened at the, Ly- the Melbourne Lying In Hospital uh, in 1859. So that happened really early. What happened was people came from overseas. So the doctors uh, were trained overseas. And they usually came to Australia as ship's doctors. And in fact, Tracy is a really interesting uh, example because he was uh, a protege of uh, one of the leading obstetricians in London, uh, Spencer Wells. And in fact, Tracy was far more successful uh, in the operation techniques developed by Spencer Wells than his mentor was. So there's no, um, a lot of very talented people came to Australia. So you had very talented medical people who had come to Australia because they wanted new opportunities or some of them came because of health, chest problems. So John Maund um, actually had, you know, he died from these problems, but he had severe chest problems. And other people came due to ill health opportunity, or they came as ship's doctors and then they decided to stay. So, uh, but you had you had good people uh, who had been trained elsewhere. And in fact, Tracy went on to be uh, the first, one of the first lecturers uh, at Melbourne Medical School. He was appointed there in 1865. So I'm imagining going through these archives as a historian must have been really exciting while you were creating this and, and seeing, I guess, the development and techniques developing. Were there any particular interesting innovations or techniques that came out came as a result of this new hospital? Well, look, it's a complex uh, scenario. The, the great thing that came out of the new hospital was that um, people, pregnant women who were destitute, whether married or unmarried, had somewhere to go. Uh, and that, so they weren't on the streets. They had somewhere to go where they could be looked after and where they could have their baby in far safer circumstances than otherwise were available. So that was really an extraordinary uh, step forward. But it's also in an era where germ theory is still being debated. So in some instances, the danger of infection was far less with a home birth than it might have been going to a hospital. So there are contradictions here. So in many ways it was much better, but in some ways it was worse. And so, again, going through all these, and I know you had a lot of um, access to archives, do any individual stories um, stand out as some of your favourites while you were putting this exhibition together? Look, I think uh, what has been marvellous to have is the first, the register of uh, births at the women. We've got the very first book that began in 
August 1856. And I think it shows you the sign of the times that the entry of the first birth of the child was not delivered alive. So I think that sort of sets the scene. And then you have other births that are successful. But you see that pattern of the different conditions that women had. And I, I think what's so um, important about the history of the women's is that the women's has continued to be uh, an advocate for women and at the forefront in many areas of, of women's health. And I think a very uh, interesting example that comes to mind is the birth of the quads in 1984 uh, that was you know, celebrated because it's IVF birth and it's the first time of four babies are born. But the importance of that um, birth was, in fact, the number. The, the number meant that they could work out how to ensure that that didn't happen, that, in fact, IVF would result in one baby. Mm. So that's just an ex- and, and it was joyous and those, just because people like to know, those quads, four boys grew up and, and had great lives. But the innovation that came out of that birth was the hospital worked out how to make sure people could have one baby. And so I think there are just countless examples through the history of the women's hospital of steps forward in relation to women's rights and uh, the health of women um, in such an important area. And what about any, were there any bizarre artifacts or little nuggets or anything that kind of shocked you that maybe, you know, a listener or a reader today would be quite surprised that went on back in those days? I think uh, we should go to this uh, area of contraception uh, because what we have in the exhibition is um, various contraceptive techniques and uh, items that we use in relation to contraception. And I think what um, might shock people is that in the uh, records that relate to um, various doctors practicing, that it was quite, in terms of the um, this dates from the 1880s, entries in relation to patients, that there was a printed line which said abortion. And so, in fact, abortion was, even though it wasn't necessarily uh, legal, it was something that was regularly used and that in terms of the records about women, in terms of assessing them when they came into the hospital, one of the lines was abortion and they would say that that person had had four abortions, had had um, given birth to three children. This was in the records, which points to the use of abortion as a form of contraception for a very long time. The show is called, the exhibition rather, is called The Women's Carers, Advocates and Reformers. And why the title? Well, it's because um, the original name of the uh, women's hospital was the Melbourne Lying In Hospital and for diseases peculiar to women. It changed its name in the 1880s to the Women's Hospital. And the Women's has been that affectionate name that it's been called ever since. And now it's what um, people promoting at the Women's Hospital, you know, brand it as the Women's. Carers, reformers and advocates uh, is because it was, in fact, a duty of care.
care for destitute women in the community is why the women's was formed. Reformers, the women's in on many uh, health issues uh, in relation to IVF, abortion, contraception have been at the forefront. And advocates, they have advocated for many of these issues in the broader community. It was, in fact, the action of a staff member of the women that enabled IVF uh, and it resulted in, in court action, uh, enabled IVF to be offered to um, unmarried single people. So they, they have always been all those things from the very beginning. Well, for anyone who's interested in history and medicine, it sounds like a really exciting exhibit, and that's on at the University of Melbourne Medical History Museum. Dr Healy, thank you so much for telling us about this. My pleasure. Thank you.